Welcome back, Wildcat Faithful, to the Wildcat Radio Podcast. My name is Ronnie Stowe. With me, as always, Mr. Adam Green. Adam, what are your 4th of July plans, buddy? Oh, man. I'm mean, going to enjoy the day off, probably some barbecue, a couple of freedom beverages. And yes. Just you know, enjoy some friends and everything. I think that's the idea behind it. It's, you know, I, I, you never complain about a holiday day off of work. I know that's not the right thing to do. But it being a Thursday, unless your work gives you that Friday off, too, it seems kind of like... Oh, you know, like that's not as much fun. But of course, you have Wednesday night to go out if you want. And I'm sure you, being a new father and all, will be partying it up this holiday. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's oh, my yeah. plan. What are you doing? Um, we are going to a barbecue at my brother in law's. And actually, this will be, as mentioned, right? Uh, first time father here with the 4th of July holiday. This will actually be the first barbecue slash pool time that we have so uh wish us well hopefully you know send send all your warm wishes our way hopefully he doesn't crap in the pool and everybody has to get out it's you know who knows um but yeah dark in a hurry (laughs) yeah we'll 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 see but no yeah definitely looking forward to it i I remember last year was on a wednesday and i'm with you 100 percent. like it definitely sucks when it falls during the week um but worst case is wednesday and it was wednesday last year and that was pretty brutal yeah right in the Uh, middle of the week yeah, yeah. Th- this this year is at least a little bit better just from the standpoint of uh, on Friday, I'll actually be working because we're heading over to San Diego on Saturday. Nice. I just um, got back from there. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, and I noticed the 10-day forecast. Absolutely gorgeous is exactly what I'm looking for now with creeping up above 112 and whatever else goes on, you know. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think... Friday, I, I'm actually going to even be telecommuting because the office is just going to be dead. So when you get in a situation when it falls on even like a Tuesday or Thursday, you know, uh, not, not, not so, so bad. So, uh, but yeah, I guess my one thing now, it's like this will be the first time, right, with a kid. And I don't know what the rules are with, I won't be driving, but I mean, what is an acceptable amount of beer to drink? You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. I. Kind of, I'm not not sure how to handle that. But uh, for you, Adam, what's 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 your go-to here when you said some freedom beverages? Uh, it's usually something I bring. I'm a bit of a craft beer snob myself, so <laughs> you know, if I'm going to have those freedom beverages, chances are I have to bring them. Um, probably a nice little IPA. I know for the two, some people, Borderlands makes Tool Avenue. That's one of my favorites for this time of year. Uh, so if I could track some of that down, there's a good chance I will be bringing that to consume as a freedom beverage. But, you know, at the end of the day, I guess, too, it's about just having fun with your friends. You know, of course, you need to be safe, but enjoy Absolutely. the day, I guess. Reflect on whatever the fourth means to you. But, you know, just have fun. It's a day off. Yeah, I'm I'm all about the micros as well. I guess I, I was thinking a little bit more marathonish, right? Because if I load up on IPAs, that could be bad news. So maybe maybe leaning more towards the Coors Lights, just something oh, uh, that's yeah, not going to that water content going. So yeah, uh, high, high water content, something with a little bit lower horsepower. You know, I, I need to uh, this this barbecue is going to be at like 2 p.m. I think it is, and you know we're not going to be too late, obviously over there given the circumstances. But uh, yeah. I also want to be able to function later. Yeah, I go um, for efficiency. You know, drink fewer things but get the <laughs> maximum impact. You're going the opposite. Hi, you you like the high horsepower. This in this instance, I'm going to go for the uh, the the lower power, the lower horsepower. If Slow you will, low and steady can win the race too. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> the, the tortoise, right? There you um, go. And, 
Speaking of my brother-in-law, actually, just a side note here. I went to a D-backs game with him and a couple guys that uh, we all play fantasy football with. And the podcast came up uh, while we were at the D-backs game. D-backs obviously lost. Uh, <laughs> if, if you told any D-backs fan uh, that hadn't looked at the record, uh, that they were 500, I'm pretty sure that D-backs fan would be blown away because it feels like we have lost way more uh, games than, than we have won. Uh, but so, yeah, I, I digress there. Uh, while we were at the game, the podcast, like I said, had come up and asked if you know we were still doing it. Obviously, um, my brother-in-law does not pay attention or listen to the show, which is great. I just hope he downloads. Um, <laughs> but it, what came up is, is another guy in our fantasy football league, Andrew Barson. Shout out to you, Mr. Andrew Barson. And I heard uh, you and your friends listen and uh, absolutely love it. So thank you so nice. much. Yeah, yeah, we really appreciate that. Um, and obviously with uh, fantasy football coming up, probably have a little bit more of an interaction here with the draft only about a month or so away. But yeah, just wanted to give a shout out there to Mr. Andrew Barson. We, we definitely appreciate the listen and uh, certainly appreciate the support. So uh, Adam, before we get too much farther here, let's go ahead and uh, knock out a few housekeeping items. Um, Wildcat Radio Podcast. Subscribe for for free through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, all podcast catchers. You can also, as mentioned, follow the podcast on social media. Our Twitter handle at Wildcat Radio AZ. Also on Facebook, uh, Wildcat Radio, and uh, our website wildcatradioaz.com the exclusive home of all of our written content these podcasts and, and of course rob is posting all of his beta ranking stuff uh he he, he and bryant uh for those of you who have not been paying attention uh to to this to the finer details uh of of who's switching off between the 12 pack uh twitter handle and the wildcat radio az twitter handle Bryant normally runs Wildcat Radio. Rob normally runs the 12-pack handle. They've flip-flopped, right? So now Rob is actually running Wildcat Radio, and he's been posting a lot of his beta ranking stuff, really that advanced analytics uh, with, uh, with with anticipation of the upcoming season. So be sure to follow both there. Uh, Adam, I don't think I'm missing anything here. Let's just go ahead and jump into it. Um, slow, slow, slow time of the year. Uh, however, in the Arizona Wildcats world, in our universe, there are a couple, couple stories that, 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 are, that are grabbing some attention with the headlines. Uh, let's go ahead and start here first with, with former assistant coach Mark Phelps. Uh, former assistant Mark, Mark, Mark Phelps, excuse me, for those of you who have not been following, um, you obviously remember he was let go during the season uh, due to an unspecified violation, right? It was just a, a violation of some kind. Not too many details were released. However, a defamation lawsuit uh, appears to be well underway. Uh, uh, athletic director Dave Hickey and two other uh, UA officials met with uh, the representation of Mark Phelps during the week, and uh, frankly, it looks like there's a lot of termination without cause here. Um, a couple questions right off the bat for you, Adam. Uh, what do you make of all this, and do you think that Dave Hickey is in a little bit over his head on this one? Uh, it, it's so tough on this one because, obviously, a lawyer, like we right now have the two sides of this, and there's a side that led to Phelps being suspended with the idea of him being fired or letting his contract run out or whatever it was that they were doing. And then there's 
uh, Phelps's lawyers saying, yeah, we had this meeting and they said none of what they argued was true, that they know it wasn't true, and they were just trying to overcompensate for the investigation stuff. And, you know, each side has an agenda, right? I mean, Phelps's lawyer is out to try to make Phelps look as good and as innocent as possible. And to do that, he has to make the school look as bad as possible and vice versa. So it's... It's tough in that we don't really quite know what the truth is, and cases like this, defamation is so hard to prove. But if if it is as Phelps' lawyer said, that he could come out and said, oh, well, unspecified violation. Everybody's like, well, what was it? Who knows? But I think we were talked about at the time. It was like, hey, well, any little thing you have to treat as a big thing, especially with where Arizona was. So it was understandable. But if it comes out that there really wasn't anything at all, <laughs> and that's what uh, Phelps' lawyer alleged, that Hickey and the other people in the administration said, then then what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. what, what's the point of that? Why are you putting yourself in a position where this could happen? And again, it's very possible that Phelps' lawyer is embellishing some things, making some things up, doing everything. We heard enough from lawyers in the FBI trial just saying things that ended up not coming true because they're trying to defend or advocate for their client. But if uh, Don M. Jackson is to be believed, if what he is saying is the truth, then it, I don't know if Hickey's over his head. Hickey's going to be part of a crit like a trial here and that's i think arizona fans have had enough of those so it's it's if nothing else i guess the best case scenario is it's just a dumb story lawyers being lawyers they'll settle off to the side and everyone will move on with their lives but as of right now it certainly seems like from the only sides that we have or from what we've heard that he really messed up here yeah adam before we started recording you know you you, you and i were trying to gauge on a national stage uh, what 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 level of urgency i guess that this this story has right um yeah I, I guess as far as you know like the espns the yahoos you know that um former assistant coach mark phelps you know obviously is not going to 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 gain as much attention as uh you know for sean miller obviously right especially given the last the the climate over the last 18 months or you know what have you um but but i think you know obviously this is this this is a pretty big deal i think just given that same climate that that we've been living in uh, over the last 18 or so months I, I i'm actually having a hard time because as you point out right and obviously i'm, I'm not an attorney right so i'm not even going to sit here and try to act like an attorney but uh I, as as you point out there's two sides of the stories right and and any and any story you hear, I I feel like there's always three sides, their side, your side, and then the truth, right? Mm-hmm. So like, what exactly is going on here? Um, I I find it interesting that ESPN, uh, when when Coach Phelps was released from from Arizona, uh, that ESPN came out with a report that he fudged the transcripts of Sharif O'Neal, um, and you know I I don't see really any. I, I don't I don't read anywhere that, that that has really come up. Now, this is probably really the very early stages of this whole trial of, of this whole uh, litigation, if you will. But um, it, it just the whole thing feels kind of weird. And, and honestly, I guess in answering my own question, there is Dave Hickey in over his head. It I, it kind of feels like may, maybe a little bit. I mean, at this point, just based off of what of what Phelps representation said, you know, it maybe was just a knee jerk reaction. But then, of course, that's only one side of the story. Yeah, um, I, I guess. Now, why wouldn't Hickey or, or you know, the, the, the other Arizona officials show their hands? Because it seems like this would be the perfect platform to do so, you know, to justify your actions. Uh, but but maybe maybe they're hanging tight for something. I I have no idea how these things really work. No, um, and it's it's going to be it could be messy. I, I, with these types of cases, you don't ever want to go to trial. Yeah, you know, the hope is that 
they'll settle. But yeah, it's like what actually happened here? Like we know that they suspended Phelps with the idea of firing him, and at the time they said it was because of a rules violation, not a major one. They said it had nothing to do with the FBI investigation, but it was like, well, anything is a big thing because you, if you're Arizona, you have to have a strict level of compliance right now. It was understandable. But if there wasn't actually anything there, as Phelps' lawyer said, then then why they moved to why they suspend him with the idea of firing him? Why would they come out and say those things? Because as a defamation suit says, like can Phelps go get a job coaching if people think he's a cheater? You know, it's the right. same thing that a lot of Arizona fans wanted Arizona to do with ESPN, assuming that Sean Miller was found to be not guilty or innocent of all these things that people have written. That if that's out there now, Sean Miller still has a job. So you know, there's no defamation that he has to worry about in terms of his employability at this moment, but. If Arizona fired Sean Miller based on those ESPN reports, and then it came out that ESPN was totally wrong about everything, then there'd be grounds for a defamation suit because, in theory, if Miller couldn't get the job that he would otherwise gotten because of that report, because that was put out there in the public space, then there's something to be said there. Then he could file that lawsuit and he would maybe go down that road. But, of course, he still has a job. Phelps does not. So, and Mark mm-hmm. Phelps is not Sean Miller. He doesn't have as much wiggle room, as much leeway for yeah. people. So, you know, like you said, there's three sides to every story. And eventually, I don't know, it might just be, uh, you know, a settlement off the record that we never hear about. It's, you know, school and FOIA requests and all that. But just for me right now, it's just another, like, that's just a dumb headline. It seems like Arizona, maybe he made a mess here that he didn't have to. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you're looking to fire Phelps, you could probably just fire him. You know, you could just yeah. got rid of him, and I don't know if Miller wanted to fire him. And again, if he had any slight rules violation, then I understand the decision. Because mm-hmm. at that point, even now, Arizona has to be squeaky clean, especially with regards to basketball. But if they just straight made up reasons and then made those made up reasons public, then Hiki and whoever was a part of that is going to have to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you in the sense that it does feel like um, kind of just feels like a nuisance of of a headlines almost like I, I guess I, I really as I'm sitting here still just like revisiting everything. It just feels I can't really gauge the urgency or, or, or like, you know, how much attention should be warranted by something like this. Best case scenario, I, I think you said it very well, right? You never want these type of things to go to trial. So best case scenario, it does not go to trial. It settles out of uh, out of court. And uh, and this whole thing's cleaned up before even the start of the uh, even the start of the school year. Like forget tip off with with uh, the basketball season. Like I, I would love to just see this whole thing cleared up here in like the next month or so, even before even before Arizona travels to Hawaii to kick off the football season. But um, just I, I I don't want to go through, and I know we have zero control over this, but I, I'm just dreading another uh, another school year uh, where there are legitimate uh, positive headlines of accomplishments that Arizona sports uh, have have made. And the whole thing just has this black cloud of, you know, Sean Miller or Mark Phelps or, you know, Book Richardson, you know, just anything that's just a big black eye. Like, I'm just ready to start moving forward, obviously, just like everybody else. But um, remains to be seen, I guess. And that's the thing. Arizona right now, as it stands, if if the Mark Phelps lawsuit or potential lawsuit doesn't come up, you have the recruiting class, I guess, outside of Armstrong is on campus, right? Everyone's there. Um, you got Jack Murphy to bring be one of your lead assistants. Like that's these are all good things. Like Arizona mm-hmm. basketball, since really the last like a couple months ago, has turned the corner and seemingly just pushing forward and that upward trajectory. We talked about that. I don't know if it was the last show or the show before that that we did, but now it's like yeah, things are looking up all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the Mark Phelps 
uh, story, and depending on where this goes, I don't think this brings down Arizona basketball. No. <laughs> the one who would, I guess, be worried would be Dave Hickey and people involved in the administration, but Arizona basketball should be fine. It's just a dumb story, but it is just another one of those headlines, one of those stories that's come out of the athletic department, and especially basketball recently, but it's just like, if you're an Arizona fan, I think it's exhausting. It's You want to be excited about things, and granted, we're used to NCAA tournament disappointment, you know, and <laughs> yeah, football right. just finding new ways to lose, but that's yeah. different. That is at least on the court, on the field. These are things just like, like, what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. be better than that. Let's all let, let Arizona fans and alums and everyone who cares about the Wildcats focus on what's happening in the games. This legal stuff, this off-the-field, off-the-court stuff is just tiring, and... You know, hopefully this just, I don't know, goes away, but I don't know where this goes. It's, again, someone's telling the truth in there. The truth is a combination of what's been said, but as of right now, based on what we know from Mark Phelps's lawyer, it certainly seems like Dave Hickey and co. are in a little bit of hot water. Yeah, it, it, it certainly does. Um, and so, Adam, I, I think that's that, that that's plenty to discuss there uh, as far as just all the information that has been disclosed to the public at this point. So uh, moving on, I, I do want to touch on Devonair Dutrieve, right? Uh, he has made it clear that, well, at least at this point, he has he has withdrawn his request to transfer and he plans to hang tight with the Arizona program. Uh, for the 2019-2020 season. And I also want to touch on another story that actually just came down today, uh, recording this on July 2nd. Uh, and we'll get to that actually in just a moment. But first, let's hear from one of our sponsors. All right, Adam. So jumping back into this here, as mentioned before the mini break there, uh, Devonair Dutrieve, that, that, he, he, made it, uh, he made an announcement on social media that he had withdrawn the request to transfer and will not transfer from the University of Arizona for the upcoming season. Um, you got to figure the decision by Terry Armstrong to forego his college career and jump right to the pros played into this. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much of the decision by Alex Barcelo, um, which we could touch on that here in a moment too but first maybe let's just sprinkle in a little bit of good news uh with Devin here <laughs> staying put because i do in fact believe that it is good news i think that you know with with the um with the loss of terry armstrong that left things a little thin on the wings and uh i, I think Devin here retrieve he uh, he had flashes last year he was definitely a, a work in progress but uh, overall you know he he i think you walked away from last season feeling good about the potential of Devin here retrieve adam what are your thoughts on him staying put with Arizona no I'm glad and I know we talked about when we thought he was transferring that it's just disappointing because you understood why he was looking to leave but you thought man if this guy sticks around by his junior season he's going to be a really good player for Arizona and he did have those flashes last season and I guess looking at this now when where was it was a few weeks ago you know that when Arizona got Jordan Brown it's like oh there's a numbers crunch here they're kind of out of a roster spot, and people are thinking, well, who who leaves? Who do they want to go? And yeah. I know Dutrie was low on the list, and Barcella was probably high on that list, and I, I wasn't rooting for anyone to go because I want, you know, they, these guys sign up to play at Arizona, and, and unless there are problems on the court, off the court, hey, they should be allowed to play, or at least stick yeah, around right. the if they want. So mm-hmm. if Barcella wanted to transfer to get more playing time, I respect that. I wasn't hoping he'd leave, but I respect his decision to. But certainly the way this turned out with Dutrieff coming back. Now, I liked his tweet. He's like, sorry for the confusion, everyone, but I'm staying at the University of Arizona. <laughs> like, confusion? I mean, you put yourself in the transfer portal, man. Yeah, like, Self, self-inflicted yeah, 100%. Not, yeah. We weren't confused, I don't think, about what was going on. But 
But no, like, if he was looking to leave because of Terry Armstrong and thinking he wasn't going to get the playing time, that was understandable. And the fact that he's going to stick around now, at least for one more season, that's exciting because he is that type of player with so much potential that we saw last season where, man, just with if he gets a little bit bigger, a little stronger, a little bit more knowledgeable about the game of basketball, a little bit, plays a little bit more in control, what kind of player will he be? So like you said, it's more depth on the wing that they seem to not have, especially when Armstrong decided he wasn't going to come to Tucson. But... No, that's, I think, I don't know of anyone who was disappointed that Dutrieve decided to stick around. It's a big win. I, I, I really, I'm very pleased by it. And I was a little bummed too when he left. And, and I, obviously, as, as we touched on, I mean, it, it just didn't, the, the numbers didn't add up to his benefit, right, for him to stay put with Terry Armstrong coming in. But now it's a completely different story with him out. And then, uh, then yeah, of course, moving on to the news of Alex Barcelo. Uh, very interested to see where he lands. You know, we've touched on this a few times, Adam, you and I have, uh, about how he would just be an absolute stud for Grand Canyon University. Sure seems like it. Yeah, that would be fantastic, and I really hope that that works out for him wherever he goes. Unfortunately, wherever he goes, I mean, this is not going to be a graduate transfer situation, right? Like, he's going to have to sit out. Yeah. And, um, you know, so, yeah, he, he'll, he'll lose a year, and you know what? So be it, right? I think in the long run, it was the right decision for him. Uh, wish him well. You know, he's obviously a very talented player. Uh, it just it just didn't work out uh, for Arizona. But, uh, I mean, he was definitely one of those coveted recruits coming into the class with DeAndre Ayton. So, um, you know, that uh, he, he's seen he's seen some up and downs uh, yeah, with Arizona. Oh, sure. well, uh, but yeah, Ayton, how disappointed that class ended up being. Very disappointing. You know, I, I, Randolph was part of that. He went pro, I guess. He wasn't quite the player that everyone thought he'd be. Barcelo obviously wasn't the player everyone thought he would be. Emmanuel Acott. Acott transferred, wasn't the player yep. everyone thought he would be. And then that happens. Like it's, yep. Aiden was every bit as good as everyone thought he would be, so at least there's that. But and I, it's like you wonder why Arizona wasn't as good last season. It's because the sophomores didn't step up. Right, yeah. and and that happens. You have classes that are like that, and the one guy who was really good left after his freshman year because it was a topic in the draft. But yeah, you know, hopefully Barcelo, by all accounts, he was a good teammate, worked hard in practice, did everything the right way except play consistently well when he was put into games. So you, you don't hold that against him. Nope. Yeah, you wish him well wherever he ends up. And we always talk about GSU being a good fit because he is a local kid or an Arizona kid, and. You figure maybe a little bit lower expectations. Maybe he fits in there, gets his playing time he needs, gets the confidence from Dan Marley, the coach there. And, yeah, I, mean, I think wherever he goes, assuming it's not ASU, I can't imagine any Arizona fan who roots against him. Yeah. Yeah, ASU, that that would be a tough one to swallow. But uh, I guess <laughs> Short of that or another Pac-12 school, who would root against <laughs> Alex Barcelo? Like, what would be the reason yeah. for that? It's He was a good Wildcat. Like, he was a good Wildcat. It's not a good Wildcat player, I guess, if that makes any sense. He has a serviceable skill set too, right? I mean, he he's he's strong ball handling skills, or I guess I should at least say that he is. Um, maybe strong is is too strong of a word, but um, you know, he's he's a competent ball handler, mm-hmm. right? We'll put it that way. He is a good shooter, right? We saw flashes of that. Um, You've heard and, plenty and about in, it heard plenty about it. It was just to your point that we didn't necessarily see it translate uh, from the practice court uh, to, to, to the game court to, to, to game time. So um, yeah, obviously wish him well there, but you know what? Yeah, these things happen and uh, you know, there, there's still, there's uh, there, there's plenty to be excited about still with this upcoming, this upcoming season. So uh, Adam, so shifting away from that and just moving on to our last topic here, because I do think that this is probably going to eat up. uh, I mean, at least enough time to, to fill the rest of the show here. Um, As I mentioned, I really was a good 
guy from that recruiting class too. He's played well. That's good catch on that. Yeah, I really <laughs> yes yes. Don't want to besmirch Lee. I like his progress. Yeah, thank you for pointing that out. And actually, too, there was a little bit of speculation that he may be transferring, um, which that is purely speculation, right? There has not been anything from any credible source suggesting that he would. Um, it just turned into that numbers game once again, you know, with the uh, as far as the scholarship game is concerned. Um, I would be far more disappointed by losing Ira Lee because he actually showed tons of flash last yeah. year, especially towards the end, right? We, you know, he he always had. He always had the size. You could tell he could jump out of the gym. Uh, he played hard, right? It's just that at times, you know, I was I, I was calling for him to convert to a defensive end because I just felt like he would be he would just tear it up on the on the football field. But uh, you know, he really he really came on strong at the end of last year. You know, he and Devonair Dutrieve again. Uh, th- th- those were, I guess, you know, if you're looking for silver linings uh, of last season, it would be the development of each of those, or I guess maybe even the progression of each of those. So yeah, yes, thank you. Like with him staying, we hope he stays, right? Because I'm an IRL fan too. If the team, if the roster stays as it is right now, they don't add anyone else and don't lose anyone else more than that, I kind of like it. I think it's a pretty darn good team that I'd be excited to see uh, play and grow throughout the season. So please leave the roster alone from this point. Yeah, and actually, let that—that's a good point. And we'll end. We'll we'll end it after. <laughs> we'll circle back for one more point here. Uh, it's just as far as the depth chart's concerned, right? Because earlier I had mentioned that the wings, uh, the wing positions would be just a little thin, right? Obviously, Max Hazard and uh, Nico Mannion would command the the point guard minutes. Uh, from there, you would have the the Josh Greens, uh, and then I guess I mean the Dylan Smiths, right? I mean that's like. Dylan Smith, have Brandon it, Williams too for now. Uh, Bra- yeah, all of those course, rumors yeah. too. Yeah, I know. I almost, I don't even want. Yeah, of course. I'm sure you know. Any, any of your listeners or follow us on Twitter, and then you know there was one outlet. I'm sure you know who it is. They posted something saying that Brandon Williams, basically a very cryptic message saying that Brandon Williams um, is done as an Arizona Wildcat, and then they quickly, I mean, within like the next 24 hours, redacted that statement, which is. Uh, probably fair because everything that I've heard uh, from credible internal sources says that, um, yeah, that's not the case right now, right? Like who yeah. knows what the future holds, but as it stands today, that's not the case. So, um, so yeah, Brandon Williams, right? Brandon Williams, Josh Green, uh, Dylan Smith, and then you jump more into like like the four or five positions, and you know all of a sudden like we're pretty stacked at the four or five positions, and and uh, Devin Airdrie, he, he's going to get a lot of playing time. It's going to get those Terry Armstrong minutes, absolutely, which you would see at the three spot, maybe even the four spot, and some small ball sets. So uh, it definitely does wonders for the. Depth charts. Very exciting yeah. stuff. Very good looking depth chart as of right now. So, Adam, uh, moving on to the headline that caught my attention today, I think even probably more so than the than a couple days ago when the Mark Phelps stuff broke. <clears throat> Excuse me. For those of you who follow on azdesertswarm.com, the SB Nation uh, affiliate for Arizona sports, there was an article re- released today by Ryan and Adam. I'm just going to go ahead and read verbatim of what this title says. Could Yukon sanctions foreshadow what's to come for Arizona? So for those of you who are probably scratching your head thinking, well, wait a sec, why did Yukon get in trouble? I haven't read them anywhere with any of the, uh, any of the book Richardson assistant coaches debacle, that whole thing. Uh, this actually goes back to the Kevin Ollie days. Right. And, um, as far as this is concerned here, uh, in the article, Ryan does cite that, uh, and I'll read verbatim once more here. Uh, the NCAA said, uh, Kevin Ollie failed to monitor his staff 
staff and did not promote an atmosphere of compliance and also provided false or misleading information during the investigation and declined a second interview with the NCAA. Um, Adam, the best that we can gather, right, some form of recruiting infraction. Um, don't see anything in here that suggests federal bribery charges. No, no. Um, so I, I don't know necessarily apples to apples would be the correct term to, to describe any foreshadowing here. Uh, but but I guess going more into it, high level, or I guess rather uh, more of a high level approach would be recruiting infractions. Um, Kevin Ollie did not comply with the NCAA and actually even gave uh, misinformation along the, uh, along the way as the NCAA tried to investigate the situation. Um, Adam, your thoughts on how this could relate to what Arizona is going through. And then, and then we can also get into the, uh, the risk slapping of a punishment. Yeah. It's tough to say just because this seems different than what Arizona is alleged to have done or what we know, was circling around the Arizona program. This wasn't a federal federal bribery issue. This wasn't a perhaps rogue assistant coach doing nefarious things on the side. And I guess we still don't know what happened with any of that money. If it made to if it never made to any Arizona players, and like where's the where's the trouble? I guess there's so many unknowns still with the Arizona thing. But trying to relate to Arizona, you look and say, well, this is the NCAA handing out some punishment. And if they're going to punish Arizona, it's hard to imagine Arizona not receiving any type of punishment from the NCAA, then you kind of try to ballpark and say, well, is this what they're going to have? And they have the issue of compliance here. You know, that NCAA said, what, Ali, quote, failed to monitor his staff and did not promote an atmosphere of compliance. Is that what you'd have Sean Miller on if he wasn't part of the alleged cheating and the bribery and all that stuff? And if that's the case, then... Like, what happened here? A vacation of records in which men's basketball student-athletes competed in while ineligible. Well, as far as you know, all of Arizona's guys were cleared to play, so that wouldn't happen. Uh, they limited the scholarships, but that was self-imposed by UConn. Uh, ban, a one-week ban on men's basketball unofficial visits, self-imposed. Like, so many of these punishments were self-imposed by UConn, and it certainly seems like the majority of why the NCAA's ire comes from is the fact that Ollie didn't tell them the truth, and then didn't cooperate with their investigations. And by all accounts, Miller and Arizona have done that. They have cooperated. They have answered questions. They've been there for the investigations. So I don't know how comparable this is to what Arizona's going to deal with. But, of course, when we start seeing things for maybe Auburn and Louisville and Kansas, then we'll have an idea. If Arizona's not in that group, we'll have an idea of maybe what the NCAA is thinking. Yeah, I, you know, the the very first bullet point that you touched on, the vacation of records in which men's basketball student athletes competed well and eligible. If it turns out that 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 DeAndre Ayton team, you know, they, they wiped the whole thing out. I'm totally cool with them erasing the <laughs> Buffalo season like that. That is totally fine by me. You can totally. Yeah. Go ahead and keep the Pac-12 regular season and tournament championships, whatever, because it ended up being all for nothing. I'm not going to hang my hat on that. Can we're, you imagine we're people were like, better, that time yeah. you lost by 30 to Buffalo? No, I don't. That never happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then, of course, you know, moving on, I, I think the funniest one to me, and I, and I know that um, I'm pretty sure that it was Bryant. When, when one of the two handles wrote something on Twitter about a $5,000 fine is the equivalent of of his children substituting uh, a loss of granola for like timeout or something like that. It's like just such, it's just yeah, so silly. Point? Yeah. I get, and, and actually Adam, I'm going to, I'm going to pose this question to you here. If there was, if there was a fine that came down, let's say in the realm of $5,000, how quickly do you think a GoFundMe would be able to raise that money by Arizona fans just to be done with it and move on? Oh, if, if, the, if what happened to UConn, if this is what happened to Arizona, 
I, I think most Arizona's like, yeah, we'll chip in 20 bucks. We'll chip in, you know, $100 because this is yeah. seems so light. And, again, it's different in fractions than what Arizona's alleged to have done or what might have happened with Arizona. But, yeah, five, I mean, that, and that's even self-imposed. From the, I mean, yeah. Most of this was UConn saying, you know what, our bad. I mean, shoot, they <laughs> fired Kevin Ollie already, so there's not much the NCAA could do there. But <laughs> outside of the probation thing for him, which means, what, if someone hires him, they might be subject to sanctions for the next three years. So that that's tough. But otherwise, it seems like this is all stuff that UConn decided to self-impose, which maybe they do that to cut off the NCAA from doing anything, or maybe they're just like, you know what, we did do wrong, we deserve this. And if you're Arizona and you're like, we didn't do anything wrong, Book Richardson did wrong, but we didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, compliance, and you know Miller maybe failed to monitor his staff the right way and didn't promote an atmosphere of compliance, well... It's not like the NCAA is knocking out scholarships, creating a postseason ban for UConn or any of that stuff. So if a $5,000 fine is the worst that happens, if probation, if loss of a scholarship or something is what happens, every Arizona fan will sign up for that and gladly contribute to paying that fine off. Yeah, that would be, I mean, it, it would almost be too good to be true, which is why it won't happen. But I guess bringing this thing full circle, right, as far as all the self-imposed uh, all, all of the self-imposed punishments, I guess, if you will, um, getting back to Mark Phelps, right? Like that could actually play into this, right? Like, uh, uh, however long from now, when, whenever punishment does come down, because it's believed to come down at some point when it does come down, you know, when, when we write an article about something here of, of, of all of the punishments for Arizona, maybe one of those bullet points will be, uh, terminated Mark Phelps, you know, self-imposed, got rid of, uh, got, got rid of a, a, an assistant coach who was believed to be a part of some recruiting infraction, maybe not necessarily at the same level as what book Richardson was, but, you know, it was certainly involved at some level at a time when we just couldn't risk anything. So yeah, and that's and what it'll you be hope Hickey was thinking when they, or the administration was thinking when they decided to do what they did with Phelps is that there was, was yeah. something there and they maybe overreacted to it, but they were in a situation where they kind of had to mm-hmm. say, Hey, look, NCAA, we do care about this stuff see how much we care. And maybe Phelps was somewhat of a sacrificial lamb there. Like that could be the case where it's like what he did was hardly anything, but he just happened to do it in a time when Arizona couldn't afford even the slightest misstep. And he was thrown under the bus like that, so to speak, even if he did do something, but yeah, that, you hope he did something because you would understand that, that if yeah. Arizona says, Hey, look, we are taking care of this, that we don't like what book Richardson did. It's not what we do in Tucson. Sean Miller is not for that type of stuff. Here's how much we can prove it to you. We've done everything we can. We've even, there's so much of a sniff of wrongdoing, we're getting rid of the guy. Like, that would make sense. And that's kind of trying to say, look, NCAA, we got this. And, but I also wonder, too, if the NCAA could afford to be this lenient on some of these schools. And maybe some are more guilty than others. And that's, I guess, I'll have to determine where the money that was bribed, where it all went to and everything. But it's hard to imagine that the incident is going to go through this whole thing, that FBI trial is going to happen. They're going to investigate all these schools. I know that was the, what, the Yahoo report that all these schools are going to be served notices of, like, impending violations or something coming up. Yeah. That the incident will say, you know what? You fired Mike, Mark Phelps. All right. You're good with us. Like, it's hard to imagine that being the case. Yeah, right. But I, I don't never know. It's the you don't NCAA. know. And yeah. If Arizona truly has evidence and can show that Miller is clean and the program outside of Book Richardson is taking a bribe that he gave to you know pay for his mother's home, like if that can be proven, then maybe Arizona gets off lighter than people, I guess than people who don't like Arizona hope. But certainly until the NCAA is finished with this, until this is case closed, everyone move on, I think it's fair to worry or at least be a little concerned that 
it could be worse than we think. But if this is the blueprint, if what happened to UConn is the blueprint, then you have to feel better about Arizona's chances of surviving this. Yeah, no, it, um, if, if these are connected at all and there is some correlation to the punishment, I, I, I think you would feel pretty good. Uh, the unfortunate part is there, there's no way to know at this point if there is any correlation to the punishment. So yeah. um, I guess, you know, we'll... Time, time will obviously tell, um, but first things first will be this Mark Phelps thing. Uh, hey, Adam, real quick before we wrap this thing up, uh, what were your takeaways uh, from, I mean, obviously Brandon Randolph, uh, he, he entered the NBA draft. We knew he wasn't going to be drafted, um, so I'll preface it with that. Arizona did not have any players drafted uh, in the most recent NBA draft, um, but how, how, did, how did you feel about ASU not having anybody drafted either? Yeah, I was going to say, like, Arizona not having anyone drafted from last year's team, not a surprise. We all watched, last year's, we all watched no. last year's team, yeah. and the best player on that team was Brandon Williams, and who knows if where his knee is at right now, and he obviously right. wasn't in the NBA draft anyway. But to have ASU not get any of those guys drafted, I was sure Dort would get drafted based on his potential alone. And I, I, believe, I forget where Cheatham ended up. Was it New Orleans or Charlotte? Or Oklahoma City. I know that the two of them. I honestly don't there. even know. Yeah. Cheatham, I think, is an excellent player. He's going to be an NBA player, I think, for a long time as a role guy off the bench for someone because he's just such a good athletic player. He plays hard, he rebounds, plays defense. But it was, from an Arizona fan's perspective, pretty funny to have Bobby Hurley there taking the picture with his wrinkled and untucked shirt with his two guys, <laughs> neither of whom got drafted. And <laughs> I don't want to make fun of those kids because they, they play hard, Dort and Cheetah, and they can still have long careers. I don't, I don't wish them ill or anything like that yeah. or try to pile on because I'm sure they wanted to get drafted. That was supposed to be a big moment for them. But if you're ASU and you're trying, like, what separates ASU from Arizona? Arizona sent guys to the NBA. ASU, outside early James Harden, Ike Diagu, hasn't had great success there. So this doesn't help them. Yeah. You know, you need someone to go up there. You need a highlight video played on ESPN or the NBA NBA channel. You know, it's where here's them at ASU doing great things. And that's how people see that. And it's not like back in the day where no one knows who ASU is. But if you're Arizona, you're like, yeah, we had our worst team in years. We didn't say anyone of the 35. Pros. Yeah, but then watch next season how many guys are going to be drafted in the first round. Yeah. And if you're ASU, you had your best team in years, and you got nobody drafted. Yeah. Like, that's... You know, it I doesn't make it. Arizona's season better, of course, and ASU beat Arizona twice. They made the tournament. That's not trying to say that. But in terms of perception, like, this was clearly Arizona had a bad year. They didn't get anyone drafted, but they'll be back. ASU had a great year, had no one drafted, and where are they going? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was definitely funny. If nothing else. It I fun. enjoyed it just because I cannot stand Bobby Hurley. Um, I, I obviously felt bad for, for Dort and Cheatham because I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, they're, they're obviously very solid players and, and they do have a future in the NBA. At least I hope they do. You know, I don't wish them any will. Um, I just can't stand Bobby Hurley. So I really enjoyed, uh, you know, because he was, he was at the draft and, you know, they were like th- those two guys were at the draft as well. Right. Like I remember seeing pictures of all three of them. So um, yeah, I, I'm glad that he just got to sit there and, um, hopefully reflect afterwards what he on what he could have done better to get them to uh, get 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 them drafted. So still, um, so even going back to his Buffalo days, I, something a little homework for us, I guess, just to see if if Bobby Hurley has had any player drafted into the NBA as a college coach. But um, definitely, as far as ASU is concerned, he's going to have to wait another year. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. It's their team and. There's still ways to go for them, too, but they lost a lot of talent. They brought in some JUCO guys, I know, and they probably won't be terrible next season, but it's hard to imagine them being 
close to the top of the Pac-12. It's always a bad Pac-12 last season. And ASU really bad. wasn't great, but they were one of the better teams in a bad Pac-12. But Pac-12 is going to be better next season, including mm-hmm. Arizona, who was very down last year. So it's hard to imagine ASU. They might have a decent team, but they're not going to finish second. Yeah, they're no. not going to contend for the Pac-12 title, I wouldn't think. No, no. And yeah, yeah. I mean, USC, Arizona, Washington, um, you know, UCLA, who, who knows what's going to happen Oregon, there. I never count out just because they're well coached. Yeah, Dan Altman is definitely the best coach in, in the Pac-12. So, I mean, anytime you have that, you always have a chance. Uh, yeah, he's fantastic. But, okay, yep, Adam, I, I think that's good um, as far as, you know, off-season headlines and, and getting up to speed with some of the basketball news. Um, but, yeah, so for everybody, please enjoy and be responsible on the on the 4th of July holiday. And ho- hopefully, uh, hopefully, if you do have to work on Friday, it'll be a nice, quiet day in the office for you. Um, hopefully, also, too, we should have this up by Friday or excuse me, by Thursday, that is on, on the holiday. So, uh, if you don't listen to it on Thursday, maybe when you're at work and it's quiet in the office, you can listen to it then. So, uh, Adam, until next time, bear down.